What's up everybody, I'm Tara Wellman and this is a special Bird Seeds production as we look ahead to tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love ya. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. And opening day against the Mets. In prepping for this preview, I was amazed by all of the similarities between these two teams. Honestly, I could probably pull some headlines about the Cardinals over this offseason and swap in some Mets players' names, and no one would ever know the difference. But rather than doing that, I thought I would bring in someone with a little bit more Mets expertise than I have, which, let's be honest, doesn't take much to help provide some context as we head into the first weekend of real baseball. So, I'm happy to be joined by Roger Comier of Good Fundies, which, if you don't follow them on Twitter, is short for Good Fundamentals, and of Fangraphs. All right, so, Roger, first of all, thanks for letting me uh, sort of con you into doing this show, and I apologize oh. in advance, you're the first one of the season, so I really have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, wow. Great. Uh, I'm glad that I could set the bar very low for future <laughs> installments. So it's great. I will be the best and the worst of the season. So. Well, it's the only one. So you, you kind of have to be both at this point. But good news. Uh, a new series starts in a couple of days. So yes. we'll, we'll all move on with our lives. Um, uh, what would hope? <laughs> right. Uh, we were actually discussing uh, that the, this, the Cardinals and the Mets, mm -hmm. as far as their fan bases, don't often have... Um, a lot of good things to say about one another. Let's just let's just put that out there. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That's but a, pod scum. I yeah, that, yeah, that may have come up a time or two. Um, but this off season, and and really, I think the last couple of years uh, in general, I've actually found that there are a lot of similarities between these two teams. Um, the way that they sort of came off of a season of pretty severe underachievement. Um, went into an offseason promising a lot of changes, a lot of roster turnover, and then you get to spring, and we're all kind of like, huh, wait, that, mm -hmm. that, that was your big move, huh? Um, so what is your take on where the Mets stand based on sort of what you were hoping for and what you mm -hmm. saw this spring? Okay, well, the Mets went 70-92 and 92 last year, which was really bad. They were expected to do uh, the opposite um they fired their manager after seven years he was the longest tenured manager on the Mets in history which is pretty amazing because I, I didn't think he was that doesn't matter so they they got rid of him they got they got this uh hip new guy uh the Cleveland um uh pitching coach Mickey Callaway so that was good I've been told he's handsome so that's good he, he says helps. all the yes he's he says all the right things, and so far um, he's been following through on his uh, his uh, threats to, you know, actually put in the players that deserve to play, which uh, the former manager didn't always do. Um, they, the Mets got Todd Frazier. Uh, the Mets finally realized David Wright might not ever come back, so it's good to have an actual third baseman instead of 35-year-old uh, Jose Reyes there uh, or Estrubo Cabrera, who apparently after the season said, so actually, I'd rather play second base. Um, but the Mets made some moves. They made mostly necessary moves. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, there's still a money issue with them. The big, it dates back to the Bernie Madoff scandal from 2008. So, you know, when the dust cleared, the Mets made these moves, but you still have Adrian Gonzalez at first base because he only cost the Mets $500,000. Um, whereas if they had, you know, they, the Mets spent $40 million, their opening day payroll was going to be $40 million fewer than the luxury tax threshold. And last time I checked, the Mets play in, in New York, <laughs> where you make a lot of money. So that's a little upsetting, but uh, all things considered, it could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, the, you guys got Marcelo Zuna in the trade, um, so you know you've made improvements, but uh, I, I could see where it is the same. Yeah, where especially after this long, long off season of a lot of nothing going on. You know, I have said a number of times, I think that the moves the Cardinals made are inevitably going to pale in comparison to the the chance they had at Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, I feel like everything else is going to feel like a bit of a letdown at that point. Um, right. But I do like the, the Ozuna trade. I think that um, he fits really well into what the Cardinals are trying to do. Um, I don't think he's the organization-changing player that uh, everyone was hoping they'd bring in. And without also then bringing in a really strong starting pitcher, uh, it it feels like they kind of got their one thing and then were like, oh, all right, cool. I think we're good now. Uh, And that's sort of the feeling I think a lot of Cardinals fans were left with when the sort of ancillary moves that were made weren't really – I mean – Adrian Gonzalez, <laughs> you know, you're like, ah, okay, we got a uh, a pitcher in Miles Michaelis who was decent in Japan, but not great in the major leagues, and that's that's your big move to solidify the pitching staff. All right, okay, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> right, uh, the Mets had huge problems with uh, rotation depth last year, and they were coming into camp with. Noah Syndergaard, Jacob DeGrom, two aces, and then literally eight guys who were big question marks. So they did sign Jason Vargas a couple of days into camp. And of course, what happens, Vargas is the one guy who is uh, on the DL to start the year, um, but he's going to be helpful. They really needed to do that. And that's, again, not something they did would have done even you know last year. So hopefully they're learning a little bit from the mistakes. Um, you know what, Rafael Montero making the second most uh, starts in a year. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's, not uh, that's so bad news. No. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about both pitching and injuries because I think uh, okay. even the casual <laughs> Cardinals fan uh, <laughs> will relate those to the sort of the the tragic story of the Mets last season. Um, but I think a lot of Cardinals fans uh, think about Mets pitching and they think about Syndergaard, they think about Degrom, they think about the glory days of Matt Harvey, um, there was a lot of drama in sort of figuring out who was going to end up in that rotation, whether it was going to be Wheeler, whether it was going to be Matt's. Vargas obviously seemed to have the spot until he got hurt. Was it as much a roller coaster watching that all play out for Mets fans as it seemed to be from a, a very significant different distance away? Um. I can't speak for every Mets fan. I, I know for me, I gave up on the dream rotation a long time ago, which was Syndergaard, DeGrom, Harvey, Mats, and Wheeler. Um, 
who've all been in the organization for, for years and they've never actually had a complete turn in the rotation together. Um, so when there was the possibility that would happen a week ago, I was like, I'm not falling for this. Nope. Mm-mm. And sure enough, uh, Wheeler pitched himself out of the rotation. He's going to start in AAA. And again, that's something I don't think last year's regime would have done. And that's the smart move um, because he's not pitching well. And uh, our new pitching coach, Dave Island, actually, um, I love this. He was kind of, you know, really brutally honest. He says, you know, he's up 0-2 on counts. And then I look down, I look back up. It's a full count with Zach Wheeler. He doesn't finish uh, the at-bats. So, um, no, the, to answer your question, no, we weren't all as obsessed with, with it as apparently you guys were. But um, Seth Lugo uh, is really interesting. He has the highest spin rate in technically baseball history. I mean, they just started measuring it a few years ago, and he's going to throw the curveball more this year. That's part of the new pitching philosophy because everybody's trying to hit home runs. You're going to see more breaking balls from Mets pitchers um, and maybe higher fastballs. So. The Cardinals also brought in a new pitching coach. Uh, they brought in Mike Maddox. And similarly, I've been very impressed with the way that he has handled uh, a really wide range of pitchers. I mean, on one extreme end, you have Adam Wainwright, who's the veteran who you're not really sure, in a lot of ways, reminiscent of Matt Harvey, I think. The guy who's been there before and has been spectacular at times in his career, but at this point, you're not really sure what he has left to give. Um, and then you have young guys like Jack Flaherty, who, based on the news this weekend about Adam Wainwright starting the year on the DL, Jack Flaherty will start the year in the rotation at the major league level, which is great for him. But he's a completely different he's a completely different uh, project than working with with Adam Wainwright. So it's been interesting seeing Mike Maddox come in, um, introduce a lot of talk about utilizing uh, the high fastball to really set up the rest of what they do, and there have been some pretty striking results. I mean, it's not real baseball. They're not real stats. It, the numbers are what they are. But um, the the process has seemed to be working for a lot of guys, which uh, I think is all you can really ask from a new coach coming in at the beginning of a season. Yeah, and um, Noah Syndergaard infamously was very adamant that he did not want Dan Worthen, his pitching coach, fired last year. But uh, like within the first few days of camp, he said all the right things about Dave Island. Like, oh, wow, I'm learning so much. So, um, yeah, no, uh, you know, change is good sometimes. And uh, we'll see what happens there. I heard about Wainwright, uh, Wayno. I, I know his nickname. Um, maybe off topic, I, I noticed that he has a prank war with kind of went a scare off with Matt Carpenter. Um, how's that going to play out now that he's on a DL? You know, it's funny. Um, I have this conspiracy theory that oh, the, reason, I love those. I love that those, the yes. reason Matt Carpenter had a mild back injury that kept him out of spring for like the oh first three God. weeks, <laughs> and now the reason that Adam Wainwright is on the DL with a hamstring strain is because of the scare wars, not because of fantastic. actual baseball activities. <laughs> also... Proposed closer Luke Gregerson uh, also went down with a yeah. hamstring strain, and they're 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 calling it um, as a result of conditioning drills. He mm. was just a casualty in the scare war. That's that's oh my, my theory. Yeah, 
Wow, we are more in common than I, I realize because we on on our podcast we have conspiracy theories yeah. all the time. It's called Cormier's Conspiracy Corner. Um, so no, yeah, that sounds like a very met storyline where they get hurt for the dumbest reason possible. Right. Um, so the wow. good news okay. is, in both of those yes. cases, um, they actually decided to to take care of the injury without actually playing on it for the rest of the year, which is also oh. new. That's a new thing for the Cardinals. That That's, I mean, Matt Carpenter turns out was injured almost all season last year. Probably explains his season low numbers. Uh, the Mets, I know, have they brought a new training staff. They've sort of revamped the way that they go about sharing a lot of the information about the health yeah. and the condition of their players. Um, <laughs> do you feel like that's... Are they on the right track? Is it all just sort of surface changes? Or are you uh, cautiously optimistic that this, they're moving in the right direction? I, I definitely cautiously optimistic would be the right answer to that. They hired a director of high performance, which sounds very regal. Um, apparently a couple of other teams have done it. Um, and he, he's a contractor from the Army, uh, Jim Cavallini. And um, this spring, for the first time, every day uh, the Mets players, each one has to answer a couple questions on an iPad, like what color was your pee this morning, stuff like that. Um and, you know, there were still injuries, but at least now, unlike in the past, like with you guys, they're not going to play through an injury. And then a couple of days later, oh, by the way, ow. Um, the one exception, though, who, he's usually an exception, is Ioannis Cespedes, who um, played with an injured wrist this spring. He ended up needing a cortisone shot. And the question is, OK, what happened there? Um, and it turns out, you know, he didn't say anything. Actually, I don't think it's been confirmed, but my theory is he didn't say anything for a few days. And then he's like, oh. And then, you know, he was down playing it to the media, like, oh, I have this every spring. But, you know, when you need a cortisone shot, that sounds serious. And it's, you know, no matter how much, uh, how many times you ask somebody what color their, their urine is, you know, you have to have the players be honest with you. And if that's not going to happen, then maybe this is all eyewash. Um and also, you know, uh, our front off, our ownership has a history of letting players do what they want. And players like to play through injuries. They never think it's as serious as it actually is. So you can't fire the owners. So, again, I am cautiously optimistic. It's going to help, but it's not going to change the entire culture. I hope it does, but I don't know. Well, the good thing is they're uh, making an attempt. I would like At to say the tried. same thing has happened in St. Yeah. Louis, but that's yet to be seen. Although, like I said, I do think they have been a bit more proactive in sort of trying to make sure these minor injuries stay minor injuries as opposed to yeah. turning into something more long-term. So um, that's good news. I do want to circle back to Matt Harvey. I did have someone on Twitter mention that specifically uh, when I asked for uh, some questions to throw your way. Because again, I think that Matt Harvey is a name that a lot of people recognize but may not really... Um, may not really realize where he's at in, in the course of his career and in what he still has to offer. I mean, the injuries the last several years have been uh, mm -hmm. significant, to say the least. Uh, Cardinals yeah. fans are very familiar with thoracic outlet syndrome um, and how long it can take to get right after that. So is that yes. – do, do you think that's still 
part of the issue with Harvey or is he just kind of running out of steam? Um, yeah, I mean, he's had Tommy John surgery and thoracic outlet syndrome within the last couple of years. I mean, most pitchers tend to only have one of those and, you know, they, it's amazing that we're still expecting him to be Matt Harvey again, the dark Knights. Um, yeah, so he had the, the surgery in 20 after in the middle of the 2016 season, I think. I think his last start was the 4th of July that year or something like that. And he was absolutely horrible last year. Uh, I think he came back too soon. Um, at the end of spring 2017, the Mets already had Mats out. They had Lugo out. And I think he was pressured into starting. And it turned out when he was on DL in the middle of last year, um, they said something. And I think they purposely had this like at the very end right before the all-star break so some people wouldn't read it that apparently the the um his muscle behind his right shoulder was half as big as the muscles behind his left shoulder or something like it's something ridiculous like that and he also had the the michigas of the whole thing when he missed a whole day um on the team and he was suspended uh, no men had been suspended in the six years Sandy Alders has been GM. So um, anyway, yeah, he's a year out of sur- your third or away from his most recent surgery, which is a weird sentence. And um, so, yeah, I assume he'll be better. And he has this new pitching coach, um, as I mentioned a million times by now. Uh, he's he's pitching from the extreme end of the first first base rubber. And there's a new philosophy this year. For some reason, our old pitching coach didn't like throwing inside much. Um, and Mets pitchers are doing that. So there's going to be a new look, like the 12th different look from Matt Harvey uh, to batters uh, in his career. And, um, you know, I think the expectation is somewhere in between his amazing 2013 season and his really good 2015 season. Um Actually, I guess a little worse than the really good 2015 season would be the most positive expectation I have, which is still good. He's supposed to be the the number three starter. And after DeGrom and Syndergaard, Matt Harvey, just, just be Matt Harvey, just be okay. And you know what? You'll probably surprise some people in a good way for once. Um, and it's also his, free, his walk year. He'll be a free agent. I know free agency isn't what it used to be, but I'm sure it'll be... Especially after this offseason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll be some extra motivation. He's a Scott Boras client. I think he's, you know, he's going to do his darndest. So um, that's that's where he's at. He is a fascinating dude, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, there's always, there's always a story there, it seems. Um, yeah. One of yes. my favorite things about spring training is that you inevitably see somebody that comes up and really forces the issue of whether or not they're going to make the opening day roster. Um, yeah. For the Cardinals this year, Jairo Munoz, who came over in a trade, um, was that guy. He's like the super utility guy of all super utility guys. I'm pretty sure he could play all nine positions on the field if necessary. Um, And he can hit a little bit too. So he ended up making the squad. And then obviously I mentioned Jack Flaherty because of the injury to Adam Wainwright was extraordinarily impressive this spring. uh, And that paid off in being the first one called up when, uh, when they needed a starting pitcher for the first week of the season. Um, Was there anyone in Mets camp this year that either you've just been waiting for them to, to finally be what you think they can be, or they just came out of nowhere and surprised everyone. 
Well, uh, regarding versatility and playing more positions, Wilmer Flores uh, is very slow. I think his full name is Wilmer Flores, who is not fleet of foot, because uh, that's what our <laughs> announcer, Gary Cohen, always says. If, uh, they put him in the outfield this spring, and uh, because he, he has, he's very, he is a great bat against left-handed pitching, and he actually was sh- showing some good stuff against right-handed pitching. He's just... He's just not good in any position, and he's and like I mentioned, he's very slow. Um, he he started and left one game in spring and another game in right field, and he was two for two in catching a fly ball. So he exceeded my low expectations. I'm having flashes of Matt Adams in left field for the Cardinals. Oh yes, here, carry Adams. on. <laughs> uh, Philip Evans is the answer to your question. Uh, he um, he made the the roster as the 25th guy, wasn't on the 40 man. Um, and at, when he walked into camp, he already played outfield and infield. And then they said, Hey, do you want to catch? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, um, again, he played a few, uh, major league innings at camp, uh, as a catcher and he didn't royally screw up. So, uh, sure. And, uh, he was, I believe the batting champion in the, um, Eastern league or maybe the international league, double A or triple A. So it's weird that nobody knows about him outside of a certain Instagram photo, which we won't get into uh, this spring. And uh, but no, he he uh, actually Keith Fernandez said he reminded Philip Evans reminded him of Kevin Mitchell when he first came up. He played every position, and uh, he had a this is Keith's term a stocky build, uh, but he meant it as a compliment that he was still very versatile, even though stocky. Yeah, um, but no, he was the guy. This is September call-up, and um, you kind of forgot about him. But then he played his way onto the team, and he's a good 25th guy. So uh, that would be interesting to see. Okay, so the Cardinals will send out Carlos Martinez on opening day against Noah Syndergaard. Then it'll be Michael Waka and Jason DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom. I don't know where that came from. Uh, then Luke Weaver and I believe Stephen Matz is... Yes, uh, I- Starting rather than Matt Harvey, um, besides the obvious who you want to win this series, what are you looking for uh, out of this opening weekend series to kick things off for the Mets? I'm just going to try to enjoy it because I remember last year, well, because specifically because last season started off, you know, where Noah Syndergaard was healthy uh, and um our third starter was healthy and so on and so forth. So this year I want to be, okay, I can see Noah Syndergaard, James DeGrom and Stephen Matz uh, all pitch. And it seems like they're going to be okay. So I, I am, I'm just going to try to focus on that. Um, specifically it's so early in the season. Uh, I hope Ozuna has a great uh, career numbers against the Mets. So I hope he forgets about that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I will be curious to see, again, with the pitchers, like how they're going to deal with their respective new pitching coaches and if there's going to be a different philosophy. I noticed that Mats was working a lot faster the other day that I, I wasn't used to that. Um, so that's something to look out for. I'm going to be curious to hear, um, you know, you guys know Keith Hernandez. Uh, I, I actually got to read an advanced copy of his upcoming book, and he most of it is about uh, playing for the Cardinals. So, uh I was like, okay, fine, but you guys will enjoy it. Uh, he um, he was talking <laughs> about Carlos Martinez the other day, and he uh, 
he he said uh, he should act more like an ace and not a not a clown because you know he he had the blue hair last year and he he would mimic um, batting stances in the dugout and Keith doesn't doesn't care for that so I'll be curious to see what uh, how he'll react to that that's something that I'll look forward to um, you know followed by him apologizing for something like a dinosaur and to say to get off my lawn and stuff like that. Um, uh, no, otherwise, uh, you know, the Cardinals have a new look. I know this guy was traded and, you know, Vizuna. So um, uh, we'll, I'll see if my, my random St. Louis hatred will come back. And uh, <laughs> We'll see how relevant both teams are before we decide to mutually hate one another. Yeah, I feel like we should just combine. If we were both <laughs> terrible, we should just combine our forces and, and you know, hate on, uh, you know, whoever, the Dodgers. I don't know. Sure. I'm hey, I can get behind. Absolutely. That. Oh, the Cubs, the Nobody Cubs. The you know, they had their they had the, the World Cubs. Series. Yeah, okay. The All right. Yeah, you're fun. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're done with you. You can go back to being irrelevant now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, there's a lot to you know with the Mets. Like, who's gonna emerge as the starting catcher? Because Blackie and Darno, they're they're neck and neck still. So, can they still can they throw anybody out? They still don't have the best tracker. That. <laughs> um, I know you have some speedsters on in the lineup, so hopefully you you forget about that. And uh... well, uh, last year the speed was less a factor because of the lack of base running IQ. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that again, they they brought Jose Akendo back in, talking about coaching changes. Jose Akendo is back um, to to hopefully control some of that a little bit. Uh, there, there's a lot of speed, yes. Um, I, I shouldn't say a lot of speed. There are a couple of guys. With that might a lot be a lot of speed, speed for Major League but, Baseball. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, at this point in baseball's history, uh, but it's it's going to be. That's actually one of the things that I will be looking for in the first week or two of the season is how many mistakes they run into on the bases because that was immediately an issue last year, and and they sort of took this approach of trying to be more aggressive, which is fine. Um, but recklessly aggressive is not really a good strategy. We have a third base coach who so, is who the other day, Michael Conforto's coming, try to come back from separate, like he had to get a shoulder capsule surgery. It's an injury that football players get. he got it on a swing. So of course, Glenn Sherlock, our third base coach against the Cardinals uh, the other day, sends him home on a double uh, and play at the plate issue. Like, what do you? So I know all about um, uh, bad fundamentals. Yeah, the uh, the the Cardinals. Well, they um, I believe reassigned was the term used last year. They reassigned their third base coach middle of the year. Middle of the year. year. That is uh, that's that how is bad something. It was. Uh, <laughs> you don't often see third base coaches fired in the middle of the year. But, um, but that's how bad it got. And then they probably again another conspiracy theory of mine is that uh, they basically called Jose Akendo every single day <laughs> and told him name me your price and and I will write you the check uh, in order to get him to come back to the team. So um, I'm excited to see if that progress has been made, although there's part of me that will feel really terrible about major league athletes if they can't figure out how to run the bases without a particular third base coach standing there directing traffic. But that's a, that's a whole different issue. Um, so, you know, it, it is. Uh, opening day is always exciting. You get a first look at a lot of these things, and you still can't really 
determine a whole lot from it, but uh, at least the scores count this time. <laughs> right. Yes, that, that's true. No more fake baseball. And now uh, every time Adrian yeah. Gonzalez looks 75 years old, it's going to count. That is fantastic. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could uh, give you that, that glimmer of hope about <laughs> opening weekend as we, as we wrap this up. But anyway, uh, opening weekend should be interesting. Hopefully the weather is better in New York than it has been in the Midwest, which is odd we've had this time of yeah year, but. we've had four nor'easters lately uh i'd never even heard of a nor'easter till a few years ago but uh i think uh <laughs> now they're everywhere. i think uh, 58 degrees is the uh supposed uh opening day temperature and then a friday day off that is weird but uh, <laughs> uh way to go baseball good job as always mlb well roger Thanks so much for your time and, and your uh, information that will prove invaluable to Cardinals fans who have no idea what they're getting themselves into opening weekend. Or if they're just like me and really didn't realize how bad last year was <laughs> and uh, how much the Mets are trying to uh, propel themselves back into the conversation in their direction. It's a bit of a so for all of yes. that, I appreciate your Thank time. Thank you for having me, Tara. I appreciate it. All right, so there you have it. The Cardinals taking on the Mets in New York Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Because who doesn't love a good Friday off day? Baseball is back. I will be back with more previews, with more About Last Night episodes, with more regular old bird seeds, and you can check it all out at birdsontheblack.com. And of course, subscribe right here to the YouTube channel Turn on those notifications so that every time something new pops up, you don't even have to go looking for it. It's just there. That is the kind of service that I am attempting to provide for you as Cardinals fans this season. Anyway, I'm Sarah Wellman. I'll see you next time.